There's been a theme running through the service, through the songs, through the uh, offering, and everything that's been said today. And the theme has been miracles. So there's a miracle in the house here today. Do you know what I'm coming to preach about? They didn't even know my theme. God has a miracle for you. Position yourself for a miracle. So let's hear the voice. Let's hear the voice. To me, it's like heaven is shouting. Heaven is shouting. There's a miracle that God has for you. So open your heart. Be receptive. Believe God. Because my Bible says, according to your faith, be it unto you. Tell the person next to you, God's got a miracle for you. Alright, I'm just going to read your testimony now, okay? These signs will follow you 
In my name, they will cast out demons, they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. My Bible says every believer has got a signs-following ministry. Thank you for the overwhelming response on that point. You have a sign, that's, that's what my Bible says. The day you start to believe it is the day you're going to start seeing it happen in your life, in the places you go, and what you are doing. See, there were going to be two great reformations in the church. Let me explain them simply to you. The first great reformation was God got this Bible into the hands of every believer, not just the priests and the leaders who could read it. How many of you can have got access to a Bible now? You know, I'm not right on with you, but you can access the Bible. Everyone in this room, right? That was a great reformation so you could read the Bible for yourself. You could hear God's voice for yourself. But we're now in the second great reformation. And this is an almighty, powerful reformation. And what this reformation is, is about is God is getting the power of God from the pulpit to the pew. So that every born-again believer can realize that they can minister in the power of Almighty God. It's not just for the pastors. It's just not for Mark and Tarpana. Because you have the same Jesus as I have. You have the same Holy Spirit as I have. You have the same resurrection power in you that the Apostle has. You have power that's wanting to come out of your life. And this is a second great revelation happening across the globe today. So in my church, every believer is called a powerful, anointed, full-time minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And guess what? They're starting to believe it. They're starting to walk in it. And they're starting to see miracles happen in their lives. I had a set of text me from one of the guys in my workplace uh, and in my church, and he said this. He said, uh, a workmate told me he had a sore back. What would you do if a workmate told me he had a sore back? He said, well, I prayed for him and he got healed. The following week, he took me to pray for his wife's shoulder and elbow. So what would you do? Would you go? He went and she got healed as well. Then they asked me to pray for their daughter's mother in law. They were unbelievers. They were sick. I prayed and they were healed. This is just ordinary, this is just an ordinary believer in my church. And he's got the revelation that he's got the power of God in him. That he can see miracles and breakthroughs. Do you know most of the miracles in the Bible were outside the four walls of the church? They were in the workplace, they were in your office, they were in your school, they were in your university, they were in your street. It was all out there with the needs and greatest. And we need to release God's power outside the walls and transform Birmingham for the glory of God. Imagine if all of you did one miracle next week. What would that do to Birmingham? This place is full already, but it would be over full. And you have to start another service. Who's excited about that? Come on, everyone, go out there and do one miracle this coming week. Because you, tell the person next to you, you've got the power. Come on, you do better than that. You've got the power. And you have. Alright. Alright. So the first thing is you've got to know what the God's word says about, about miracles. But the second thing is faith. This is you. You have to expect. Everyone say expect. Yes. Daily. That you're going to experience something in God's reality. Maybe His presence. Maybe His voice. Maybe a miracle. Maybe an answer to it. But something to expect it on a daily basis. So you don't become religious, but you stay real with God. I often pray this prayer. I want to encourage you to do it as well. 1 Chronicles 4 verse 10. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Which means, bless me a lot. How many of you agree with 
God to do stuff for you. Well, you have not because you ask. Come on, start praying. Uh, this, this, this verse. I pray that God most said, God, that you bless me indeed. God, today, bless me a lot. I mean, a lot, God, massively. God loves those prayers. Do you know the thing that God loves most is faith? He just loves faith. So I was in the uh, United States, landed at LA Airport, and I must have looked like a drug dealer. How many of you reckon I look like a drug dealer? I mean, some of you look like drug dealers, but I don't. They said, follow the red line. And I thought, oh my goodness, here we go again. Follow the red line, there's this uh, table there, all these passports on this massive, you know, black guy with sewer, 150 kgs. He grabbed my passport, he threw it down, and said, Man, this is a aggressive place. So I went into this room, there's about 70 plus people sitting there, waiting to be processed at 10 30 at night, roughly. And I think, and nothing's moving. I think, oh my God, I'm going to be here all night. I'm going to just sleep at LA Airport. And so anyway, I was sitting there, and I suddenly had a revelation. I thought, I have a God in heaven who can do miracles. And God, I need a miracle right now. So I faked that I was doing exercises and so I said, Jesus. <laughs> God, I cry out to you, work a miracle. Jesus, I need your faith now. About 10 minutes go by, and there's an announcement. Tampa, they've not announced anybody. And I'm the first to like, get up and I think, gosh, what are these 70 people behind me? I'm a child of the king, I'm going to pass, pass on. I'm on the passing lane. So anyway, I went up to the desk, and uh, the lady said, are you Tarkman? I said, yes, I am. She said, um, do you have a radio program? Well, I don't in the US, but I do in New Zealand. I said, yeah, I have a radio program. She said, I like your program. Stand, stand, stand. You can go. And 
he walks up to the front and he wants healing. One of the fires on the altar wants to preach out. And I saw him come down and stand over there just right by the sea. I'd see if I stuck my back in too hard, I'll walk in this way. Find someone with a sore toe or something that I feel I could handle. Why? Because I limit the Holy One of Israel. Because I think you know, that's in the two hard basket. I want you right now to take anything you put in the two hard basket, take it out. Take it out in Jesus' name. Because nothing is too hard for my God. Come on, is anyone in the house with me on this? Nothing is too hard for God. Take it out of the impossible basket and switch it to the possible basket. That's a starting point. So anyway, this guy went up the front. He got prayed for. I don't know who prayed for him. I wasn't there, so I don't pray for him. So he got prayed for him. Turned around and walking down the aisle. And suddenly he got heard a pop. 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 Crowd starts going, pop. Pop, pop, his five brand new fingers came out of his hand. He is the God of miracles. He is the God of the impossible. Please take the limits. Take the limits of God. Come on, tell the person next to you, take the limits of God. Sometimes I give you saying stuff because actually what comes out of your mouth is power. And what people hear of power, faith comes by hearing. And I'm wanting just to hear. You know, I was just in the UK, I was up in York. And I heard this incredible story. This atheist was coming to church with a saint, wife was saved. And he was coming to church and, and for 15 years. Imagine that. I wonder if there's any here 15 years, I think. You never know. Anyway, anyway, and he would help set the chairs up. The pastor said he was one of the most, most faithful people in the church. Every Sunday he was there, setting out this atheist. 15 years. But just in the last week or two, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? He's not of the impossible things. He can do any, I think we, I know if it's for me, I'm always limited to God. I'm all of it. Prophetically, I feel this. That thing you put in the impossible basket, please take it out. Take it out now and just move it. Come on, just take it out. I'm not saying you'll be a miracle tomorrow or the next day, but the first step is take it out and shoot it. Because it's been stuck in there for a long time. As long as it's there, there's no chance of you getting a miracle. So, that's number three. But next number four, the key to a miracle, is you've got to know your authority. In God. And uh, over all the works of the enemy, 1 Peter 5 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may be wow. So, and you all know there's an enemy out there, and he's after you, all right? And don't make no mistake, he's after all of us. But the good news is, he has no teeth. He's a roaring lion, but he's only got guns. He can gum you. It's not going to hurt you too much, all right? He's got no teeth. But we also need to know the authority God has given us, which we read in Luke 10, 19, one of my favorite scriptures. Behold, I give you the authority. Travel on servants and scorpions and all the power of the enemy, that nothing may by enemies hurt you. I give you authority. Tell the person next to you, he's talking about you. Yeah. yeah we, we think it's all for someone else. Don't we? But God says, I give you authority to travel on servants and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. Friends, we've got to start to believe this stuff. It's all there. It's all yours for the taking. The person who starts to believe it starts to see themselves. I use that verse all the time. I'm fighting it for different situations. You know, my wife might get a migraine when she does from time to day. That's what happens when you live with me. <coughs> anyway, 
So, but then I prayed for it. I said, you know, I, I take authority. I trample under the scorpion of what migraine and of, uh, and of pain and this, and this, this serpent. And I commanded to be healed in Jesus' name. And so often she will get healed. So here's a challenge for you. The next time your wife or your husband is sick, you know, don't say, oh, honey, here's a pain of hell. Go and go and lie down. Go and see the doctor. No.
You see, in life, we really achieve anything unless it's an obstacle. No pain, no gain. Is that right? So to develop spiritual muscles. How many of you would like spiritual muscles? Like, you know, some people have biceps like mine and this. If I, if I close this, it's going to you might want my sister, but to do that, you've got to go to the gym and wait, lift these 200 kilogram weights. But how many of you would like spiritual muscles? Anybody? Spiritual muscles. See, I, I don't really care what you look like on the outside, but I want to know what your spirit looks like. What is your spirit man like? Is he, is he strong and muscly like Superman or Superwoman? Or is it a silly little kind of thing that will blow over in the first breath of wind that comes his way? God wants you to develop spiritual muscle. He wants you to be a spiritual giant. So when the enemy comes at you, you can smash him in Jesus' name. Because you know your authority. You know the power that God has given you. And you know how to fight the enemy. And Christ the God of peace will soon trust Satan underneath your feet. So, you get trials, right? We resent trials. And I don't blame you for resenting trials. But can I give you a suggestion? Don't resent it. Use the trial to develop your spiritual muscles. Your spiritual grunt. Get some grunt in your spirit. You know, because uh, you want to have the day arrive. I know it's already arrived, and when Kevin gets out of bed in the morning, the demons say, Oh no, he's up again. And we are in a big trouble. This needs to be true of every one of you. You are a threat. You know why you're facing so much opposition? Because God's got such great things in store for you. He's got such great plans ahead for you. And so he's trying to stop you in your tracks. He's trying to hold you back. And he's trying to hold you down. But you don't want to let him do that to you. You want to keep fighting and keep going after it. Develop those muscles and become stronger and stronger and stronger. You know, don't be like the sons of Sceva. You know, they took on those demons before their time. The demons overpowered them. They ran out seven of them naked. I don't want to see any of them taking on demons, running out of this place naked. Kevin would not be happy with that. Mark would be less happy with that. And if it does happen, don't tell them you're from BCC. Tell them you're from the, from the Baptist Church down the road. Or from the Methodist Church. Or the Assemblies of God Church. Wherever it is. But hey, don't be like the son of Stephen. Develop some spiritual muscle. Come and get strong in the spirit. So when the enemy comes against you, know that you can defeat him in Jesus' name. Here's a key to your miracle. Here's a key to your miracle. When you're facing a Goliath, the key is, where's your focus? Is your focus on Goliath? Or is your focus on God? What are you looking at most? A lot of people I know, all they can see is their trial, 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 trial. So when you talk to them, all they talk about is their trial, trial, trial. The more you talk about what you focus on, the bigger it gets, the bigger it gets, the bigger it gets. I want you to switch your focus from Goliath to God. Because the more you focus on God, then the bigger God gets, and the bigger God gets, and the bigger God gets, and the smaller Goliath gets, and before you know it, you're going to defeat the Goliath in Jesus' name. Tell the person next to you, get your focus on God. Come on, get your focus on God. Get your focus on whatever's going on in your life, in your home, your family, your finances. Get your focus on God. He's bigger than any devil that will be ever thrown in your direction. In Jesus' name, our God is an awesome God. Give Him a clap for you. Give Him a praise.
your life. But a few minutes. Caution. Sometimes we have to live with our hearts of grief. We can't understand why God has not come true on our child. Job faces didn't. So much other else to bring So many unanswered prayers. But don't let us stop you praying. Don't let us stop you believing for a miracle. Don't stop serving God. The writer of that book, their song Miracles, he lost his own child. But that didn't stop him believing for future miracles. You see, don't stop loving God. Don't walk away from God. Because if you do, there's no chance of ever getting your miracle. And think of Job. He stayed close to God. He said, God, though you slay me, you will have trusted me. Job ended up with twice as much as he had at the beginning. Imagine if God Job had walked away from God. Friends, at the midnight hour, in the midst of your trial, do not walk away from God. Do not walk away from the church. Do not walk away from serving Jesus because there is a miracle on its way and it's got your name on it. But you've got to hang in there and stay there like Job did, like Joseph did, like David did because eventually they got the rewards and the miracles that God had designed and planned for your lives. Having said all that, don't give your authority away. Okay? Obedience and living rights are vital key to walking in authority and miracles. Ephesians 4.27, do not give the devil a foothold. Can't walk in disobedience and expect a miracle, authority, and breakthrough. There was a youth pastor, and this is something that was really painful. Just couldn't get rid of it. Couldn't get rid of it. Finally, he cried out to God, and God said to him, Go and put things right with your senior pastor, and I'll heal you. I've had that experience in my life in a different way. I can't get into it today. So when he went to a senior pastor, he put the situation right in instantly. God healed them of us. Don't give your authority away. Hold on to it because it's worth so much and it's so valuable to you. Final point is this. All of the prayers you don't pray, 100% of those prayers will not be answered. Did you know that? Yeah. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Do you know why that scripture is in the Bible? Because there's a lot of things you've not asked for. That's why it's there. You think you've asked. You go back over some of the struggles you've got, I guarantee you've not asked. And some areas you've not asked. And I'm lucky you haven't, some areas you've not asked. But one of the problems is that, you know, imagine a cricket player, you're playing cricket right now. England got beat just the other day. Sorry, I'm really sorry about that. I was, you know, I was praying for them to win, but uh, there you go. Anyway, imagine one of your best players, uh, Morgan or whoever it is, you know, batting away the roof. He's away. He's batting away in the he bats away, he misses again. He bats away, he misses again. Ah, well, oh, keeps on the swing. He says, oh, I'm not going to bat again. Never going to bat again. Keep missing too many times. Do you know that's what we do in prayer? Because we miss in prayer, we stop praying. We miss a lot in prayer, so we stop swinging. My prayer batting average is not great. I swing and I miss all the time. Every day. But if I'm going to go down, I'm telling you, friends, I'm going to go down swimming. I'm going to go down praying. I'm going to go down crying out to God and reaching out for Him. Because if I stop swinging, it's impossible for me to get a miracle. I've just got to keep swinging and keep praying. You know, to keep praying when answers are not coming is a great act of faith. And God loves persistence. Tell the person next to you, God loves persistence. God loves to be annoyed. He says, annoy me some more. Trouble me some more. Bother me some more. You know, kids say, can we go to McDonald's? No. Can we go to McDonald's, please? No. Can we go? No. Get out of here. 
get annoyed with your sister the Anyone like that here, or are you too godly for that? My best would be like it yourself. And God's not like that. He loves it. He said, come on, pester me, trouble me, bother me. Most of the teaching of Jesus, that answers prayers to do it with sisters. It's the number one key to answer prayer. It's the number one key why prayers are not answered. We stop praying. So here's my challenge to you today. I don't care how long you've been praying, swing again. Maybe you've been praying for a problem for three months, swing again. You said, but Pastor, I've been praying two years, swing again. You might say, but Pastor, I've been praying five years, swing again. Twenty years, I've had this problem, swing again. Forty years, I've had this problem, swing again. Tell the person next to you, swing again. Come on, nice and loud, swing again. Never, ever stop praying. Keep on swinging. Because the answer is going to come. There's a preacher, heard the story, had an asthma and got an inhaler. For 40 years, he was in and out of hospital all the time. All the praise and praise. A man of prayer, a man who saw many miracles in his life. Incredible guy. But he couldn't get the victory over this asthma and it was, it was so serious. One day he's preaching in this church. And he said to the church, God, can move now. He's a giant killing God. I don't know exactly how the message or something like that. And she said, all right, challenge you now. Pray the bravest prayer. Pray the prayer that you think is impossible. Come on, you pray the bravest prayer. As he said those words, the Holy Spirit whispered in his ear. He says, why don't you pray for your ass? The voice of the Spirit. He okay. So he prayed again in prayer. And he prayed for 40 years. And on that 40th year prayer, God totally hit him on his ass. And it's never, ever come back again. He is the God of miracles. As the band would please come, would you position yourself for a miracle? Because there's four things, simple things that we need to do. Number one is know what God's word says. Number two, expect God's power daily. Number three, take the limits of God. Number four, know your authority. And number five, a swing again. There's a miracle waiting for you. Breakthrough is coming. A day without a miracle is a boring day. Stand with me, please, as we declare together over BCC and over your life. No more boring days in Jesus' name. And everyone's here. Alright, we're going to make a few declarations as we wrap this up. Alright. Here's a drill. We say it three times. Give them on a big clap and a shout and drum. Drummer goes crazy. Just crazy, alright? It's very crazy anyway, but there we go. Alright, here we go. The first one is by his right time healing. Because faith comes by hearing. Look, everything is shouted in this service miracle for you. Everything shouted. Now's your time. Grab it. What miracle are you after? What healing are you after? I know what I'm after. You ready? Three times. By his Christ, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. Heaven, I believe God's going to cause a roar to arise from this church. A roar of authority. A roar of victory. A roar of victory. Of overcoming the lion of the tribe of Judah wanting to roar through BCC and do things that you've never done before. I say let the lion roar.
whoopee sky. Ready for that? Three times. And the biggest shout of clap you can give God, and the drums are going to go. Let's go three times. All my family will be saved. All my family will be saved. Yeah. 